Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Swans Big Footy Podcast. My name is Bonds. Joining me today is Sir Swans, formerly known as Swans Rule 100. Welcome. And Punts. How are you guys? Now we're coming off a fantastic 71-point win over North Melbourne that most importantly puts us into the 2004 AFL Grand Final. We may as well go... We may as well go straight into a review of the North Melbourne game before we preview the match. Swans rule, do you want to take us away? That's, that's Sir Swans. Um, <laughs> look, I don't want to talk too much about this game because there's a more, way more important game to talk about. And, you know, North Melbourne probably aren't as competitive as Hawthorne will be, but I thought a few notes. I thought Goods, especially early, that was probably his best game for at least four months or so because he was running both ways, pushing the midfield. And I thought he really sparked us up, especially early. I know he faded late a bit. And I thought Lloyd was similar. He had a good first half and faded, but you know, that's what young players do. Um, I was critical of Reed all week, but I actually thought that was one of his better games as well until he got injured because that forward setup worked a bit better and he could have had a couple of goals early, but he didn't. But he played a little bit better role in the forward line. A couple of times he got in the way, but I mean, credit to him because I have been critical. Um, Sippet, I was really excited about the way he was moving, some of the ways he busted through the pack at one stage, got the ball out, I think it was the first quarter, and set up a, the, that goal to Jeddah that he sort of kicked out in space was because of Tippett's bullocking work. And if his hands had have been a bit crisp early on, he probably could have been kicked seven or so himself. But um, that Franklin Goods read buddy thing worked really well. That's the best it's been set up. So I hope it stays that way this weekend. Franklin was awesome. I mean, what more can you say? He set Tippett up. He doing everything. He gave Thompson a bath and I was worried about that matchup. Cunningham, I mean, did Brent Harvey get off that suspension? I thought he was meant to play, but apparently he didn't because Cunningham seemed to take him right out of the game. Gary Rowan, sensational. What more can you say? Parker, Kennedy, Jack, Hanabry all got on top. Pike, I actually thought, lost to Goldstein overall. But again, really? like the Sandlins matchup, he just did enough to keep us in it. Jetta had a few... Nice moments. The defence didn't have to do much. Let's be fair, they wasn't really down there. They weren't made to work. Um, McVeigh was a bit quiet, but, I mean, you can't be too critical in it. I think it's our highest score in a final and our, it's definitely our biggest winning margin in a final, so you can't really complain. And let's hope we play like that next week. A repeat result would be nice. Okay, Punce, your thoughts on the game? Yeah, overall it was a good, was a good game. Um, the first 10 minutes I thought um, North played all right and I thought it might be... Uh, a bit closer than obviously the end result. Um, as I said, it was good to see Tippett. Um, he probably could have had six if he if he uh, didn't bounce a few bounce off the off his chest. But um, it's good to see him finally plunk some and, and hit the scoreboard. That would have been good for his confidence going into this week. And obviously, Franklin was a standout. He um, pushed up the ground, went deep, took marks over his head, did everything. Buddy did besides get one from the boundary line. Um, uh, Gary Rowan um, was probably uh, my highlight for the night. Obviously, you guys know how much I um, rate uh, Gary, and I just thought um, coming off the Fremantle game, obviously probably would have been a bit tentative going into the into this game. But to see everyone get around him, and um, you know, after he you know stuffed up in Freo in the Freo game to come out against um, North and and put on the display he did was 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 real real credit to him to get twenty three possessions off the half back line. And um, break the lines pretty much every time he got the ball, he, he gave it. Don't argue, and um, they just couldn't catch him. So that was my highlight um, for the night. Obviously, Parker, Parker again had another good game. Um, you know that mark he took was probably the best mark of the finals. Um, 
yeah, just a midfield overall um, were pretty good. Uh, McVeigh was a little bit quiet, but I thought he held um, wasn't so much a defensive forward tag, but he just made Dalsano or Cannibal Dalsano still had maybe 20, 25 disposals, but he was it was nothing nothing um, that. You know, he wasn't walking off the ground in the best, that's for sure. So I think McVeigh sort of sacrificed his own game to make um, make Dalsano accountable after what he did against uh, Geelong the, the week before. So that was good. Obviously, Harry Caneham. I thought Reshaw did a couple of good things off the halfback. Um, Malcheski, I, I still think, didn't want to go overly overly too far and he's kicking and he's striding. So I think it'd be better for the run this week. Maybe he was a little bit tentative. Lloyd. Now, overall, as um, Sir Swanswill said, um, <laughs> the whole forward line just functioned well and I went on all week about isolating the defenders and not kicking it to the spare man like we did against Fremantle. Um, you know, you only have to look at the, at the end of the day, the score, the score. The, um, the score at the end of the day to say, you know, obviously we kicked a lot bigger score. Obviously, Fremantle a lot more defensive, but... Um, yeah, which when you isolate your defenders, it's pretty hard to beat Tippett, who's going to be ten centimeters bigger than than his normal opponent, or and a Buddy Franklin that's you know going to going to be able to beat a lot of people one on one. Considering Scott Thompson had the better of him earlier in the year, and uh, as an All Australian um, fullback, so um, overall good game. One more to go now. Uh, Swans rule actually brought up one thing that I was pretty surprised about. Um. Apparently, Mike Pike and Tippett got beaten by Goldstein in the Rock. I actually took that as the biggest positive come out coming out of the game. We were shown up a little bit by Sanderlands in the prelim, but Pike and Tippett actually won the hitouts and got a fair few to advantage as well. Like, And Goldstein didn't do too much damage around the ground. Usually, he can drift forward and drift back and kick a few goals but he only and stop a few, but he only got one and didn't get many hitouts to advantage. Personally, I thought it was Pike's best game for the year. Swans are you going to argue with me? Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I thought maybe he broke it even. I know he won the hitouts, but I still think at times he gets isolated and actually probably not even by the, his opponent, but he gets stuck on a smaller man and they mark in the forward line. I just noticed on the replay. I thought initially on the night that he won the battle, but watching the replay, I thought I noticed Goldstein a little bit more. Maybe I'm marking him hard. I'm just... Worried about the ruck duel because I think a player like Segler and even if they bring McAvoy in or Hale, whoever, could potentially exploit Pike. But Tippett's definitely a better backup than when Reed was doing it. So, you know, I'm sure they'll hold sway. But, yeah, maybe he beat him. I, what do I know? Not a ruck coach. <laughs> uh, I personally, um, I think that Tippett was brilliant um, when he went into the ruck. You can actually get a couple of clearances around the ground and... As Punts um, mentioned, his bollocking work and his, the fact that he can actually extract the ball and break a few tackles was really important on the weekend. Yeah, well, tip, to me, Tippett's the number one ruckman in the team ahead of Pike, but you wouldn't play him there full-time. No, of course not. It's going to be interesting. We may as well move on from oh, the fantastic win over North Melbourne. It's always good beating North, but we do have more important um, fish to fry this week. Now, Hawthorne were nearly run down by Port Adelaide in the final quarter. I don't know if it was complacency or just Port Adelaide's superior fitness, but they really got let off. If Port hadn't kicked two goals, nine or whatever it was in the first quarter, Port uh, Hawthorne would have been in a lot of trouble, personally, in my opinion. Uh, Maybe, you- but I mean, if you looked at 2012 grand final, if Buddy kicked straight, we wouldn't be in premiers, so... 
call kicking for goals just poor footy. It's no different to a shit kick around the ground. So, best team won. That's true, but it wasn't the traditional um, or typical Hawthorne dominant performance that we've usually seen for the years. A bit more tr- attrition from them, except for the very incredibly worrying of rough it up forward who we're going to have our work really cut out for this weekend. Punts, who do you see? How do you see us trying to quell Ruffhead this weekend? I wouldn't have a clue. Um, <laughs> if it was me, I'd make a hard call and bring in Tommy Walsh and tell him to belt him in the first quarter. Because <laughs> that's the only way that Ruffhead's going to get stopped. Tommy Walsh is an Irishman. Probably got a little bit of mongrel about him. Going home at the end of the year, I'd bring him in. Give him one across the back of the year. Um, and that's the only way we're going to stop him, I think. Because other than that, if he's, if Ted Richards line up him, I'm probably going to have to look away every time it goes near him because I thought on the weekend, and not just the weekend, I think Jack Rewalt the week before, or even San, oh, sorry, um, Pavlidge have been getting the better of Teddy Richards. I've been pretty crucial of him. No, not so much bagging him. He's still very good defender but I think now he's actually either lost a little bit of a yard or he's starting to decline a little bit that I've seen the last you know probably a couple of months now he's getting done on the lead time and time again I don't know how many times Petrie got him the other night but it must have been five or six times Petrie kicked straight he probably kicked six um, Jack Rewalt had kicked four in the first quarter um, it had that matchup had to be moved Pavlich gets four on him I just think he's lost a lost a yard and maybe not reading the game as well as he was. Obviously, if your midfield's going to give you awesome service like Hawthorne will do, he's going to get exposed regardless of, of who's on him. But I just think he's going to have to really pull one out of the bag this weekend to stop Ruffhead from even kicking four or five because um, uh, Ruffhead got better of him in round um, 18. Ruffhead kicked straight. He probably could have kicked six or seven. So, you know, to me, that could be the difference of the game is, is, is nullifying Ruffhead. The main worrying thing, actually, just for me in regards to Ruffett, is just how versatile he is in both the air and on the ground. Like, I'd almost feel more comfortable throwing Grundy to Ruffett this weekend, but is Richard strong enough in the air to take a resting Ruckman? That's the issue. Or David Hale. Swan's Rule, how do you see us stopping Ruffett on the weekend? Oh, we're going to prayer. I think it's going to be um, team defence and. Last time in the second half, I thought Clarkson started spreading our defenders out and making them play one on one. That's my recollection of the game. I haven't gone back and watched it, but and try to expose them. So you've got Roughhead against Ted one out because that's when Ted's going to get his ass handed to him on a platter. Yeah, he's probably lost a yard, but he's also what five or six centimeters shorter, probably ten kilos less than Roughhead. We're asking him to do a job he probably shouldn't be doing. So if he's at one out with continual entries, you know, even at his peak, he's not going to win that matchup so he needs team defence and I'm not talking about that bullshit where him and Grundy and Malcheski or Rampy all jump into each other I mean a bit of communication and a bit of third man up I, I can't see Horse dropping two back on Roughhead so I guess I think Ted has to have first crack and I think we'll have to have a bit of faith but he can't be afraid to make that move and if he has to move Rampy to him even I think Punt suggested that maybe Grundy try anyone maybe a read late in the game a la LRT going back in 2012, maybe that's the matchup. I don't know, but we haven't got an ideal matchup for Ruffhead. But let's face it, he's a, one of the best forwards in the game, clearly, all Australian, and rightly so. So it'll be one in the midfield. That's where you stop him, I think, stop his supply and frustrate him. Unless, yeah, I mean, 
I'm, I'm tempted by the idea of a Welsh coming in with a crowbar. <laughs> but yeah, maybe maybe Buddy could go down on him if we're really struggling or something. I don't, I don't know. I but think if we, must, yeah. if you knew the answer, we'd be in the coach's box. I think. Yeah, definitely. As you said, you just got to sort of create that high ball coming into him so you can get defenders back to help each other. If he's going to have it out on a platter, he's going to get it every time, regardless of who he's who he's played on. So we just need to do what Port did and put a lot of pressure on in the midfield so they cause it to high bomb and, and um, you know, just uh, get a few numbers back. Um, one thing I probably would do, I'd probably leave Gary Rowan as maybe the, you know, the seventh defender, him being the loose only because of his closing speed to get to a contest that he'll be able to get across and help out um, Teddy in the air. And if the ball does go to ground, he can um, put enough pressure on Roughhead, you know, with his leg speed. So that could be an idea just to leave Rowan in the back half um, as a loose like we normally do with, with, with either him or Malcheski. So leave him in the back half. He's, as I said, he's quick enough to get to the contest. Um, really good closing speed so he can get across and, and help out. And if ball comes to ground, he's, he's big enough to, you know, get a tackle on Roughhead. Obviously, he's one of the best tacklers in the team. So that could be an idea. But as you said, it's going to be the midfield. Whatever we do, we've got to be careful because, I mean, I like the idea of Rowan coming up third man helping out. But as soon as you do that, you know at the other end they're going to have probably bloody Luke Hodge spare picking up 25 bloody possessions off the halfback flank and hitting fucking people like, sorry, sorry, hitting people lace out. So, yeah, we've got to stop Roughhead, but we can't, and we can't get separated in one-on-one, but we've got to try and win the game. I think Clarkson's got just as many headaches at the other end. So I think it really comes down to Kennedy, Parker, Hanabry, who was missing last time, get the hands on the ball. Because last time I think Craig Bird was our leading possession winner. And whereas Hodge, Mitchell, Lewis, all had 30 plus, if that happens again, we're, you were, We've lost the game, in my opinion, if that happens. Kennedy needs a big game, especially Hanabry really needs a big game. Parker, McVeigh, get the ball in their hands. Kieran Jack seems to be fitter now. That's where you stop Roughhead because if it's down there, as you said, he'll kick four or five plus easy. The one thing, just going back on the term of our defence and team defence on the weekend, I do want to point out um, Ted Richards had 12 one-percenters on the weekend, not including tackles, and Rohan had 10. Next closest in our team for one percenters was McVeigh with five. Like, it doesn't seem... It seemed to almost be a double team at times. It's just Rohan and Richards on the weekend in our defence. Grundy only had two one percenters all game. Admittedly, he was holding the man back in the square a bit at the time, but... That's something I think Grundy will have to have a really big match this weekend and really help come across as, come across and try and cut out some of Roughhead's supply. Yeah, I mean, North had, what, 44 inside 50s and like, most of them were rubbish. They got, we pantsed them in the middle and our defence wasn't even tested. So I'm not, I'm not trying to poo-poo the one percenters. That was really great. The defence did its job, but it's just night and day comparing that North Melbourne forward and the way they played compared to our Hawthorne are going to come out this week. They're going to be a way tougher proposition. And they're the one team that didn't let Malcheski run off half-back and set up play because, I mean, as much as I like Longmire and I wouldn't swap him for the world, I still think Clarkson's actually, as much as I hate Clarkson, he's the best coach in the AFL tactically on match day because he doesn't let you get away with that sort of shit. So, I mean, we got we got to get out matchups right and get out the ball in players' hands like Malcheski and really hurt them on the overlap, which we didn't do last time, which we probably did more in round eight or whenever we played in round nine. I can't remember when it was when we beat them. Beat Box Hill. <laughs> it's going to be 
Well, the other thing that also, seeming we've got, we'll move on to the midfield now. How do you see the ruck matchups? Do you believe um, Pike and Tippett have Segler and Hale perfectly matched up? Unless, of course, they bring in McAvoy, who's rested from their VFL team today. Punts? Um, I actually reckon they'll bring in McAvoy. Um, only because of his work around the ground. He's, um, he's a really good endurance runner, McAvoy, and I think they'll try and knowing that we, we tend to go with Pike a lot and Tippett is just back up. I think they're going to try and run Tippett and uh, Pike off their legs, to be honest with, with McAvoy. He's obviously been playing some real good football and he does get around and take a few clunks around um, around the ground and I think they might try and exploit Pike and, and take him deep um, where he probably doesn't want to be. So that could be interesting, just run him off the ground and you know maybe come to that last quarter and really really get on top. That could be, you know... That could be something they try and they try and look at, but just hopefully Pike's up for another big one like he was in the um, two twelve. But I presume this week that Tibbet might have to spend just a tiny little bit more time in the ruck going up against um, two ruckmen instead of going up j- just against Goldstein. What about you, Swan? Swirl, last uh, Swans. You don't. It doesn't matter. Um, I th- I don't think McAvoy will play. I mean, he's been best on the VFL last four weeks previously and hasn't got a game and I think Clarkson rates Segler and he's not going to drop Hale cause, and Hale seems to trouble Sydney so I think it's a it's a crucial matchup but Pike is a, an honest toiler in the ruck and he does his job I wouldn't trade him oh, I'd trade him for a better ruckman but I wouldn't trade him sort of for the world at the moment he does his role but we win in spite of Pike in a way and that's not to insult him but I mean Seg- I actually think Segler's going to be a really good player when he develops and I think Hale's pretty good if McAvoy is the trade in, yeah, that that's a strength for Hawthorne. But I'll back Pike in. He's a grand final specialist. We've seen so. Yeah, again, I'm I'm not dismissing the ruck, but it comes down to hands on the ball and the clearances, which will be controlled by stopping Mitchell and Bloody Lewis and all those sort of players and getting hands to the ball first. What do you think, Bonds? Um. Personally, I, I can't see them bringing in McAvoy. I don't think they'll make any changes to their starting 22 unless they want to bring in Rioli, who was pretty disappointing today's VFL Grand Final. Only got through about 50% game time, was rested on the bench for the entire final quarter. I don't think they'd even risk him as sub. Just if they get an early injury, have to sub someone out. Having Rioli on the ground for the entire match could pose some problems. The only um, possible change I can really see from for Hawthorne's team would be if Lewis doesn't get up from his severe corky, um, maybe Brad Seal will come in, but I think that's unlikely. The Ruck matchup, I'm actually pretty confident about Pike holding his own against Segler and Hale. I, they might do some damage on him around the ground, but Pike's generally okay at negating an opposition's um, Ruckman's influence around the ground. Not too worried about that. I think the real key part of the match will be for us is when we can actually throw Tippett into the rock. He made a massive difference on the weekend against North Melbourne, and I really rate him as a tap rockman, and the fact he's really good when the ball gets to the ground. If we're within, let's say it's less than a goals difference, five minutes left, I'd be having I'd be having Tippett starting at centre square. Really? Yeah, personally. No. I couldn't see that because you'd want Tippett in the forward line, the goal square, marking the ball. If only we could clone him, eh? Yeah, yeah well, I mean, 
if the AFL wanted to really look after us. A team of 2006 Adam Goodses will be nice. We can pull him back a few years in age. That being said, we'll just move on from the ruck topic. Hawthorne have got some pretty dangerous small forwards and other forwards in their team. Um, Punts and I were talking before the show began. Um, we believe Ro- oh, not Rohan, um, Rampy will go to Gunston. Again, he did a really good job in round 18 seeing, and has done a good job on him a few times before. Seems to have the right athletic traits to really go of Gunston and Gunston doesn't have a good record on him. If Rioli does play, though, and is starting, who would you send Smith to? Because Smith's got a great record on Rioli and was touched up a little bit by Bruce earlier in the year. Would is you Rioli still send... starting in this scenario? Let's say Rioli's starting. I... I think the only reason you'd pick Rioli is to make that matchup harder and, you know, the desperation. But I guess if he's starting, just because of his record, you almost would send Smith to him and... Then you have to send Shaw to the other one, I guess, because I wouldn't want Shaw on Rioli. Wouldn't want Shaw on Bruce, really. I think, yeah, I'd send Smith to Rioli. You two might disagree, but that's who I would go to. But I, again, I don't think Rioli plays surely, unless they're that desperate. I think that I'll take that as a nice sign that they're worried and that we've got them. Punts. Um, if Rioli does play, he'll be sub. I think it'll just be a straight swap sub for um, for Simkin. So. Obviously, Bruce is all. Let's be honest, he's in all Australian form. Well, he actually was for Australian, so he's um, probably the best small forward in the in the comp at the moment. Him and Ballantyne. So I think um, Smith has to go to him. Um, Rioli, if he does play, will be sub. I'd, I'd presume because I can't see him making a Suckling a sub or a Shields or a Jiraya or anyone like that a sub. So I think he'll have to be. He'll have to be the sub. So we'll just take care of that when when he when he does when he does come on. But Smith has to get Bruce this time and hopefully he can do a better job than he did in um, round 18 when Bruce got a, got a bit of a hold of him in in that regard. But, um, yeah, I'd start be definitely starting Smith on, on the best small forward in the comp at the moment in, in Bruce. I mean, that's the only time I really remember Smith being beaten in the last few years, so I reckon he'd, he'd like to have that match-up, you would think. <laughs> you reckon he'd want another crack at him. Bruce has had a great year, but I actually think his last two final, like weeks in the finals have been pretty... Average, hopefully he keeps up that form because he hasn't impressed me the last two weeks. Has he even kicked a goal? I think he kicked one against the Cats, didn't he? He kicked two behinds on the weekend. Did mm. he? I thought he didn't even score. Oh, no, score. sorry. He got two goal assists, not behinds. My bad. You sure? I thought he didn't score. No, he got two goal assists, no goals or behinds. Oh, okay. So, I mean, he, he hasn't been terrible, but I think he's been down a little bit compared to his season. So, I don't know. Again, I, I'd, back, I'd back Smith to beat either, but... If you've got Smith occupied by one, then who takes the other one? It has to be Shaw, doesn't it? Because you wouldn't really make Malcheski play on someone directly. If Rioli's playing up the ground, you could possibly have Cunningham running with him, but I think Cunningham will probably be the perfect matchup for Isaac Smith. Or yeah, she'll still put Cunningham on Hill. Yeah, um, who do you guys see, actually? Um, who do you actually think we'll run a tag with through the midfield? Punt? Um... Well, last time um, Lewis and Lewis Mitchell and all that got a hold of us. Let's be honest. Last time, I don't think we'll tag any of any of Lewis. I think they'll go head to head. I actually, I'm actually thinking that Parker might copy his first tag this weekend in Langford. Um, I reckon they might send 
I know for a fact that Hawthorne rate um, Parker really highly, so I wouldn't be surprised if Lankford gets a gets a crack at um at Parker. Whether it happens or not, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. But I think we've got a head head of a few. I think um, Sam Mitchell, obviously off the half back flank. To be honest, normally we've put Ryan O'Keefe to um to Mitchell. I wouldn't be surprised one little bit if um, we put McVeigh um to Mitchell and just make him accountable, and they just both go. Both go head to head when he goes into the middle. And, you know, he goes into the middle at times. When he goes into the middle, you just, you know, Mick Bay just follows him around and sort of does a Nicky like he did to Nick Dalsano and just, you know, just stop his influence on the actual game. So Mick Bay is obviously good enough to do that and hopefully Mick Bay can hurt him the other way. He might sacrifice a little bit of his own game, but that's the way I see it. I don't think you have to put a really hard tag on Mitchell at the moment. So um, that's what I'd be going with. I'd just be saying Mick Bay just makes him accountable and they just go head to head. Um, Smith's more worrying for me. I know how good uh, form he was been in, but Smith just worries me a hell of a lot more than, than Hill, only because of his goal-kicking ability. Anywhere from around the 50-metre mark, he, he, he slots them, let's be honest. He just he slots them from 55-60. Um, round 18, he had 19 disposals and kicked three goals against us. Um, you know, to get 19 disposals, you know, I guess it's not really low in disposals, but it, but it is, and to kick three goals out of that, well... Um, that just that just hurts you big time when you when you have a low disposal position you're kicking three goals. So um, on the weekend he had I think nine or twenty disposals and kicked another two against Port. So could be the difference in the game. Um, Hill doesn't hit the scoreboard as much as as much as Smith in my opinion. So I know the the Harry and um, the Harry and Smith Hill matchups is a a sort of perfect matchup. I hope they do go for that because it'd be interesting to see if um, he can get the job done on. Um, Bradley Hill, I think he, I think he can, but if someone has to go to Smith, um, if they don't decide to tag Smith, as in with a Harry Cunningham, he does go to a Hill. Someone has to make him a cannibal. Um, I, I I really don't know who they they got planning on on going with Smith because you have to be decent in the air too. So I don't think they'll run Hanabry with him, as in not as a defensive forward, but just you know both go sort of head to head, run both ways, sort of thing. But I can't really see that playing because Hanabry um, goes in into the midfield and plays inside a little bit as well. So um, that's an interesting one. If it was me, I'd be um, going with uh, Smith, um, putting Harry Cunningham on, on Smith and maybe running Jetter on um, Hill and just making them go head-to-head like they had the last two games. Um, really, Hill hasn't hurt us the last two games. Jetters might have to be a bit more defensive. Whether that happens or not, it would be, um, be good to see this weekend. What about Lloyd? Could he play on someone? Run well, the Lloyd, yeah, Lloyd actually got got Smith. He played mostly on Smith in round eighteen, and got him, and you know, obviously you know um, took him forward and kicked a couple of goals. So I don't know if they'll go with that again. But I was thinking about today. Maybe Harry Cunningham could go to Smith, and maybe Lloyd could go to um, Hill. They um, I know Hill's an uh, an elite runner, but so is. Um, so is Lloyd. He, he's run. He runs fifteen beat tests as well. So same as Hill. So maybe, you know, you know, as I said, just you know, you know, not, not a hard tag, but just have to make him make him a cannibal and and run both ways with him because that'd be that'd be an interesting matchup too. Lloyd v uh, v Hill, and then Harry Cunningham gets a hard tack on Isaac um, Isaac Smith. Whereas in eighteen, they sort of Lloyd sort of ran around with um, Smith for a little bit. And to be honest with you, we heard us with nine disposals and three goals. Agat, Swans rule. How do you see Hawthorne manning up on our forward line? 
Um, well, I think I think Gibson will go to Buddy. I know some people don't think that will happen, but I think he'll get first crack because Lake will go to Tippett. Um, Lake didn't play last time from memory, did he? He was suspended. So. Yeah, he was suspended last time. They played but, John I mean, Makers. Yeah, Tippett wasn't fit anyway, but he still kicked two. I think Tippett's the key because I think – and I think Buddy – Against Gibson poses this, not quite as bad as Richards on Roughhead potentially, but I think Buddy's got him covered in the air and on the ground. The way he's clunking him at the moment, the way he's moving. So if he can stop Gibson from going bloody third man up all the time, that would be awesome. I know they ideally they'd like to free him up, but I can't see someone like Spanger going with him. I think Spanger have to play on Reed or someone, and then you've got Goods who needs needs an opponent. Uh, don't know. So you said Goods could be an X factor, but. They exploited him with a bit of run last time, and then they'll, they'll probably, probably Stratton on goods. I reckon. Maybe yeah, suckling. there you go, Stratton. Yeah, I guess so. So there's a, there's a chance for goods to to shine and Reed to probably beat Spanger. So hopefully, yeah, I think we get the ball in there. I think they've got just as many problems matching up. So I think it's Lake to tip it and um, Gibson to Buddy is the way they'll start. Um, I don't know what you guys think. But that's how I think they'll go. Okay, punts. Yeah, I think Lake's a given, obviously, to take Tippett. Um, he has before. He's taken Hawkins. He'll, he'll take um, Tippett, no doubt about it. Um, they might give Gibson a, a crack at Buddy, like like, like usual, but um, uh, Buddy's actually given the towel up the last two games. So I heard you know, a few on the game shows today saying that, that um, Spanger might get a go on... on, um, on Buddy, whether they do that and maybe... You know, allow allow if they go Spanger with um, Franklin, they can allow Gibson to maybe go to Goods and roll off and play that um, third man up like he like he does to get across and help out um, Lake against Tippett and Buddy against um, against Spanger could yeah really uh, you know get across and plays he plays natural role then that leaves you know um, you know Stratton probably to take Reed which you know they, he's given up a few centimeters but. You know he's a pretty good defender, Stratton. So I could see that. I could see that happening, but um, I don't think Stratton. Will, I mean, I don't think Spanger will play forward like he did on the weekend, only because Port Adelaide have only got West off and Schultz, and they had them pretty covered with Gibson and uh, Gibson back and um, and Lake back there on the weekend. That might change with uh, Reed, Tippett, and uh, Goods and um, Franklin this weekend. So he might play. Back in defence, um, yeah, that's the only way I could sort of see unless they give Gibson the role again. But um, I actually think they—I wouldn't be surprised if they gave Spanger a go at Buddy and just um, let yeah Gibson play his natural role as the third man in, and um, he goes to Goods and just peels off Goods and, and comes across and helps out like he does, like he like he does when he was best and fairest last year. Okay, so one through all, how do you see the match basically for folding like? What's your tip? How do you do? You believe it will be a close game? Do you believe um team it will be closer to the first half, and then the team will burst out of blocks in the second? Uh, Hawthorne score quickly. I mean, look, round eighteen, half time. I thought we probably had them. I mean, we went away at the twenty-three point lead. I think we got out to, and they just score so quickly. And I mean, they, last night Port came out of the blocks, started well. I mean, I know they missed their chances, but Hawthorne just fight back. Geelong. I think Maybe not so much in the final, but the time before looked like the Adam and Hawthorne fight back. So even if we're going half time with a thirty point lead, they're the one side you think, oh, shit, you know, we're going to have to really hold them up here. You sort of, I'm an R on it and trying to be too one eye, but you sort of picture it a little bit like 2012. It's going to be an R wrestle, and 
come out ten points either side. But I think, and then other times I think we might we might do them. I think. Uh, I, don't know, I don't want to jinx it, but look, I think the Swans will win it by six goals. I think we're going to actually we're going to get on top. I think Buddy's going to give Gibson a bath. I think Tippett's actually finally fit, and I think that's what we paid these two pricks to do. I think they'll get on top. I was um, happy with the way Goods played on the weekend, and I think if provided Kennedy, Hanover, Jack get on top, and McGlynn provides that energy, I think we we've got too many weapons, and we'll beat them. I'm confident. Today, ask me again on Thursday. I might not be so confident. I think it's going to change, but yeah, I think we'll be premiers. I said it all year, so I'll stick with it. Okay, punts. Um, yeah, I have to agree with what Sir said. I think um, obviously it's going to be the midfield. Um, if we if we can get it in there and isolate them, we, uh, to be honest, we win because um, I can't see how you know without Gibbo coming up as the third man if we can isolate them. Buddy on whoever and Tibbet on Lake, I think we'll win the game. And if we can, you know, ball use obviously as well, we can't afford to turn over the ball. But um, yeah, if we can, if we can isolate our forwards, that's it. I think we win the game. And if they're kicking straight, the thing with Hawthorne is they're never out of the game. As as you know, thirty points to them, they kick they kick five goals in in ten minutes, and they're never out of the game. And that you know they've got the momentum and they're coming back at you like we've seen the last six weeks and. Just stuff like that with them. They're never ever out of the game, so momentum's going to be a, a big thing this weekend. And we've got to take our chances when we've got our momentum. If we kick shit while we've got the momentum, and they go forward and they hardly ever miss when they get it in their forward line, if we're you know if we get repeat entries of five entries and we kick four goals one, and then we leave them and go up there to get one entry and they kick a goal, um, it's just going to be wasted momentum, and I think we'll lose the game if if it comes down to you know, opportunities if, if we waste them and, and don't kick straight in front of goal, I think we'll lose the game. Um, if we kick straight and isolate defenders, I think we'll win the game. It's it's really it's it's, it's it's pretty simple. Just take your take advantage when you've got the when you've got the momentum. If if you're willing to throw it away like Port Adelaide did, well, you won't win the game. It's pretty simple. Hawthorne will just get it up the other end and they'll score. I think this is the fittest we've had Tippett all year, really. So that's the. Biggest thing I see. I mean, he played against Hawthorne both times, but I don't think he was fit either time. And I think he still kicked what six goals between the two games. I think if he gets one out in that um, forward line against Lake, he could he could kick five or six easily. So I think that's the, that's the key. But as you say, it's it's actually a pretty intriguing battle because I think both teams have the same little headache down back and good midfields. It should be a good game. It should be a cracker, but we should win it. We should, we've got the better team on paper, so. I think there's more pressure on us. I think we deserve to be favourites. and Yeah, we should get the job done. But being at their home ground makes it a bit harder, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> One thing is I just hope that um, that Buddy kicks straight early on and then yeah. it sort of just takes the pressure off him a little bit. Say, for instance, he kicks two goals straight, it takes the pressure off him a little bit, then kicking three behinds because the crowd's just, every time he kicks a behind, if it's to start off with, they're just going to get... They're just going to get stuck into him, and he's probably going to be thinking, "Fuck! I hope I kick this one over, kick this one over, kick this one." So, I just cross fingers if he starts well. I know it's not all up to him, but if him and Tippett start well, as in hitting the scoreboard, and it takes away that that thought in the back of his mind of, "I hope I kick this one, otherwise I'm going to cop it off the crowd." I think that'll be that'll be massive, massive. Yep. And if he's missing him, I hope they move him further up the ground or whatever. And- Kick to tip it more. Like, don't let Buddy keep. He shouldn't kick two goals seven because he shouldn't keep having bloody shots if he's missing it. Like, he needs help, and I hope we don't just kick bomb it in like we did against Freo a bit in that first half. Like, we 
Luke Hodge getting 30 bloody possessions off half-back would kill us, I think, if we let him do that. So, yeah, I hope Longmire doesn't get out coached because I thought he did last time. So, I think it could yep. be one in the coach's box, really. Yep. There's no easy grand finals, though, unless you're Geelong in 20, 2007, but she's going to be hard forward, I reckon. Yeah. What yeah. do you think, Bonds? I agree. I think it's going to be a pretty close game. It'll start off close to the first half, and I think a team will break away in the third quarter, most likely us. Um, we've been the better side throughout the year, excluding our first four rounds. We were a bit off the boil on in round 18, and personally, we have more improvement to come out of that game than they did. I don't care if we're playing Box Hill. No, we had half our team. And they carved us up. So, I mean, they absolutely carved us up. up. We had a number of key players down, and we had... And I think the main key to that match is we still had our most important player to our team out of the side that day, Dan Hannabury. If Hannabury can get over 22, 24 disposals on the weekend, we win. Like, Punts was mentioning that they might send Langford to Parker. I hope they do. Because if we can free up Hannabury on the weekend, that could be the winning matchup for us. I do agree, but the difference is Parker hits the scoreboard more than Hanbury, so I, that's who I would tag if I was Clarkson. So, I if in all honesty, if um Langford's following um Parker throughout the ground, I wouldn't mind us moving um Parker away from the midfield, putting him up forward. Yep, I I, I believe he's a better Langford's a great footballer. He's a really good in and under player. He's from New South Wales as well, so bit of a missed opportunity by us there. Even if he was a father son pick, we could have academy recruited him. But, look, I, I rate him, but he isn't brilliant at the marking contest. He's better around the clearances. So if we can isolate him in defense against Parker, that's going to be a winning matchup for us. So I hope Clarkson pulls the trigger on that one. That'll be brilliant. Having sat through 2005 and 2012, can we just have one premiership where we know we've won it with 25 minutes to go? That would be nice. Yeah, my but, heart can't take much yeah. more of a biggest one's fan. <laughs> I know, we're all going to live to about 60 the way it's going. 60? Really? If we're lucky, uh, we're going to die of heart failure. I'm currently 23 and I'd be happy to make 40. Exactly. <laughs> I, just, I just want to, three-quarter time, I want to be celebrating a lot. We were on Friday night. Oh. I, was still, I was still worried about a North Revival. <laughs> <laughs> Forever the pessimist? Yeah, yep. we seem to always have a, a close one, don't we? As you said, I'd just love to know. You know, ten minutes into the last quarter or something like that, you just you can just relax. You're just done. You know, you know if you're going to win or not. But I don't know. Coming up against Hawthorne, as you say, you just never know, and it wouldn't be surprised. Are you saying it's a danger game? It's definitely a danger game, guys. Let's get that right. <laughs> Look, we'll finish off with a closing statement from each of us. Swans rule. Um, what do you mean a closing statement? Well, your final mean? thoughts. Ah, uh, look. Let's just kill these pricks. I hate fucking Hawthorne and I hate their fans. They're a bunch of dicks. If any of them listen to it all the way through this, you can all piss off. I don't like any of you. So <laughs> I, I hope we smash the little Tasmanian pricks into the ground. 100 points would be nice. Okay, punts. Oh, obviously, I want us to win. So, um, like we were just discussing, I just hope it's not a close one. I, I'd rather know at three quarter time if we're going to win or lose. Um, just win. I don't care. Just win the bloody game so we don't have to put up with this sh- shit all over the, the whole off-season and, and that sort of stuff. It, the the off-season goes a lot quicker when you've won the grand final um, than it does w- than when you go out early. Okay, my final thoughts are if it's a close game, 
I hope Buddy sings Hawthorne after the siren, if it's close, because that'll just be poetic. Anyways, guys, thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Swans Big Footy Podcast. My name is Bonds. Today I've been joined by Sir Swans. See you later, guys. Enjoy the premiership win. And punts. Cheers, guys. Anyways, good luck, Sydney, and hopefully we're celebrating with all next week. Thank you and good night.